everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Shellheads podcast. I am your host, Sergio, uh, as always. Uh, the, the Your other host, the my, my co-host. We are co-hostesses. Host, hosts. Hosts. Host, host I? Hostess. Hostess. That's a, that's a. But hostesses was when you would also be a lady. Right. But hostess makes food. Like they make delicious. Like snack cakes. Fantastic, fattening, artery-clogging snack foods. Yeah. We hope that some of you are eating while you're listening. Those are bad for you. Don't eat them. Don't listen to them. Go ahead and do it. What is? You're the one who's always like, Ugh, that's bad for you. Don't eat it. Look, the last couple of years have been, ugh, you can have a freaking snack cake. <laughs> <laughs> that's Jeff. I don't think I ever gave your name. Yeah, that's Jeff. If, if, if you're new here, that's Jeff. I'm Sergio. We we do we talk about Ninja Turtles. It's uh, me. If you're not new here. Welcome back. Uh, despite despite what it sounds like, our our main topic is not snack cakes, uh, but we'll get to our main topic a little later. Uh, we have to start with the segments that we always start with. And so Jeff, uh, tell me about that. It's time to see what's in our boxes. Hey, okay, it's time for box stuff. Um, I got a bunch of stuff. I'm just going to rattle them off because none of them are too crazy special. Uh, they're just kind of retail stuff that I got. Uh, okay. The first one is I actually got a Secret of the Ooze Shredder. Ooh. I found one at the local Walmart. I found one at the local Walmart. It looks like wow. – like, there were more than one, and they left the one with a little bit of a like. There's some some box dings on it, right? So if I see a, a one that's in a in better shape at a store, I might you know buy it and swap it out, whatever. Yeah. But as it stands, I have a Soto Shredder. Nice. And after about three years of seeing Super Shredder on shelves at WalMarts, just consistently, um, I guess I just forgot that. The regular shredder was going to be much smaller. Yeah. It will. Yeah, it's, it's a no-brainer. Of course he is. But to, to see the box and see the figure, it just seems he seems so slight. She's like, oh, don't don't break him. He's so tiny. <laughs> he's uh, a little guy. But he, he, he's the right size. Like I'm, I'm not saying they they screwed anything up. It's it's just it's it's odd. I feel like they did it backwards. Huh. Uh, let's see. I also got, uh, I got a few, a few boxes from, uh, from Big Bad. Oh, I got the Mirage Casey Jones. Nice. Yeah. And it looks wonderful. Got his little angry head in it. Got, a, got the, the extra, uh, mask and it just, it, it looks wonderful. Like all of these, these Mirage figures have been great. Um, I also got the Mirage Utrum. Very cool. And uh, this one, this, the cell shading on it really pops. It's it's really good. The um, the little Utrum that's inside of his belly, right? Like uh -huh. inside of the robot body. Uh, he obviously comes out because they had to strap him down inside of the 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 uh, the robot body to keep him in the box. And the last thing that I got, uh, also from Big Bad, was is Splinter as Van Helsing. Very nice. Yeah, this one shipped sooner than I thought it would. Like I, I figured, 
they would hold this till next year. NECA, but uh, but no, it's it's out. That means so far we've got Leo, Raph, Mikey, Splinter, and April that have already hit store shelves. Wow. Yeah. Um, but I'm gonna be honest. This one does not pop like the other ones do. The uh, the Van Helsing. Yeah, yeah. But and I feel I feel like it's kind of Splinter's fault. And I only say that because. If you if you think about it, look just look back on Splinter figures that we've gotten over the years. Splinter is the only character where they've had a really tough time capturing his essence. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's not just NECA. That's like every manufacturer of of toys. So he's 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 on. He has such a weird bone structure and such a small body and and, and fitting. It, it, unlike the other. In the the Universal Monsters series, he he literally looks like he's cosplaying. Huh. So who do you think he should have been instead? I have no idea. Like Wolfman? That's too obvious. <laughs> I mean, Wolfman would have been fun. Um, yeah. Dracula would have been cool. Yeah. Because you know you you could have given him you know big fangs, and <laughs> and like this weird widow's peak in his uh in his fur. Hmm. Yeah, like this just looks like he's wearing an outfit and like that's cute and all, but it doesn't it just doesn't pop like the other ones do. You know, like it's like the more that you you say that, you know, like it the more it it sticks in my mind like they could have done something, you know, different. Yeah, like 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 he could have been the Igor. Yeah, uh, he would have been a fun Igor or or creature from the Black Lagoon. That's too hairy. It's too, too hairy. Too, <laughs> too hairy for, for the creature. I mean, Wolf Wolfman probably would have been a, a good choice. Um, gosh, I can't. I I just can't even think of what else he could have been. Yeah, I, I don't know. He would have been a good mummy. Yeah, maybe. Like he he. Yeah, he, yeah. He, old guy. Yeah, old he guy. would have been a better yeah. mummy than Michelangelo. Not that the Michelangelo is bad. Like Michelangelo yeah. is wonderful. It's just I I feel like. Who he? Some someone was phoning it in when they were like, "Let's do Van Helsing, right?" Yeah, because I, you know, the more I think about it, I I really wish Mikey had been the Wolfman. Yeah. Now we got um a two K twelve Nickelodeon turtle uh you know, monster you know wave and mm-hmm. pretty much the only one I bought was Teen Wolf Michelangelo. <laughs> Teen Wolf Michelangelo. Now, I think I have those. Now there's a connection here too. Townsend Coleman, who did the '80s voice of Michelangelo, was the voice of Scott on the '80s Teen Wolf cartoon. So it kind of comes full circle. Uh, yeah, but the 17 people that watched the Teen Wolf cartoon might know that. Maybe. And we want to hear from you, 17 people out there's there. Half a dozen people are really excited about the news you just said. And know about this. And these are the <laughs> fun nuggets. You, you Tune in for the nuggets. <laughs> I, dude, I was I was in the 80s. I was there. I don't remember there being a Teen Wolf cartoon. Oh, yeah. Now, oh, yeah, yeah. No recollection whatsoever. Well, that's what's in my box, Jeff. Okay, what is in yours? Well, I got just a little something. I got something that was on sale. Um, I had not purchased any of these before. Um, When I found out that the Turtle Van 
and all the turtles were going to be in Nickelodeon Kart Racers 3 Slime Speedway. Oh, yeah. I decided to uh, snag a copy, and I got it for um, PlayStation 4. And um, it plays rather well. Cool. Um, it's all, all so far I've got, I've only got Leonardo. Um, you have to unlock, you know, the other turtles, but the, uh, the unlock system's not unforgiving. Just collect coins and you can buy them. So just race and have fun. So, yeah, yeah. um, plays re- rather well. It's got 40 different Nickelodeon characters and stuff. And, um, that's, uh, it's, it's uh, a good, good little sale buy there. Yeah, I saw it on sale. I, it's gonna have to be cheaper than that. Like, you wanted to pay like what seven dollars less or fifteen? So, yeah, yeah. Like, pay me ten dollars to buy it. And <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I, I like I'll probably end up getting it. I played the first one. I have not played the second one. I, I don't feel like I feel like the second one will be cheaper than the third one. So I'll probably buy the second one at some point and then play it and complain about it and then buy the third one and play it and complain about it. You know, it's it's a cycle. Yeah. Now, since, you know, all uh, all the characters have voice acting, uh, Cam Clark is Leo, and I, I don't know about the others. I'm assuming all three other uh, Turtles actors, 80s actors, came back. Um, but, uh, yeah. Cool. It's, 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 a, it's a rather enjoyable clone cart game. <laughs> clone cart? Clone cart. Clone, clone cart. Okay. Okay. Well, I that was a short and concise uh, "What's in Our Boxes" segment. Yeah. I is our next segment as short and concise, Jeff? It is not. It's what, a it's a little bit it? of a beefy baby, and it's time for that news. We have news. We do. That kind of came on my nose a little bit. <laughs> I put a little bit too much spice on that. Uh, yeah, yeah, we we have we have news. Uh, <laughs> we, none of it's really that spicy though. Like the news is is it's there and there's a lot of it, but it's uh it's kind of I would say it's kind of tame. Yeah, it's a little bit all over the place. Um, you wanna do you wanna start? Uh, you go first. Okay. Well, we've got some, uh, video game news. If you guys remember, um, we talked about that the Turtles were going to be a part of, uh, one of the seasons of this game called Knockout City, which is like, think Splatoon, but with dodgeball and no paint. Um, yeah. And so, uh, for their season eight uh addition uh they are adding two villains 80s bebop and rocksteady cool cool uh i don't i i it, this stuff kind of makes me want to play knockout city me too um but it being free to play and then you got that, that's a that's a real turn off <laughs> yeah and you got to buy the uh the dlc passes yeah, ugh, ugh. Ugh. like I'll I, like I'll pay for the players, but like they're not the players. I'll play for, I'll pay for the characters. It's just I don't I don't want to. I want there to be a barrier to entry when I play something. Yeah, you know, I'm not really a PvP 
game type guy. Uh, but yeah. if if any of our listeners enjoy that, more power to you. I just I like more of you know co-op with with friends. Sergio doesn't. Um, and I like to uh, <laughs> I like co-op with enemies. Yeah. Um, you know I like to you know do quests and monster hunts and stuff like that. You know so if there's just straight up PvP, it's just not really for me. Yeah. Well, if you're a Knockout City guy, then be prepared. You can play with Bebop and Rocksteady soon. Uh, do you want to take the next one, too? Uh, yeah, you go ahead. Okay, okay. Um, I, well, then, then I'm going to choose one of the more ludicrous of, of the news topics. Uh, so, you know, Playmates has been, they've been really cashing in on Nickelodeon having the, the rights to the Turtles and Nickelodeon being willing to just constantly have Ninja Turtle stuff on the shelves. Yeah. Because they've been re-releasing old figures for years now. Um, and some of them have been, you know, iconic figures. Some of them have been really weird, like four and five packs of stuff. They have really outdone themselves this time. And they're re-releasing the giant Playmate Turtles. Wow. Branded as, as giant. Now, let's see, NECA, NECA did some, you know, some giant turtles. What are the scale on those? Like one fourth or one eighth or something? I don't know. But and they were kind of inspired by the original Playmates ones. They don't look like them in any way. But the idea, the idea was, hey, like when you were a kid, you had a giant Raphael. Well, now as an adult, you can buy a fancy giant Raphael. Well, these suck, Jeff. <laughs> they do not look very good at all. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know why. Like the, the 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 chief thing that makes them look just terrible is their mouths. Yeah, like if you compare them to the original uh, molds, mm-hmm. they just they have this like deer caught in a headlight stare. Like, don't hit me, bro. <laughs> they really or, do, and or. Uh-huh. They're extremely constipated from eating too many extra large pizzas. Cheese pizzas. Yep. No, they don't eat cheese pizza. They eat pepperoni. You never see them with not pepperoni topping pizzas. Uh, you're not getting my joke there, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm just giving you an extremely hard time. <laughs> <laughs> just like a cheese pizza's going to do. <laughs> uh, yeah. So... All four of them have the same mouths. The They're mouths exactly the same, just colored all differently. Yeah. And and like the original four have four different mouths and they actually have the outlines of the teeth. Yeah. So th- this kind of strikes out on two different levels. Now, maybe, just maybe, these are early pictures and all of their mouths are going to look different, and we're going to eat our words later. This is entirely possible, as we all know that, you know, preliminary stuff is not indicative of the final product. Right. Um, but I'm saying this right now. That's not going to be the case. These are going to suck. We'll see. Only time will tell. <laughs> uh, I don't think this post has anything about where they're going to be sold, but... 
if I was a betting man, I would say Walmart. Walmart has been pretty they've been pretty good at biting on these and selling as many turtles as they can. Um, I don't know if that it would be. In, these are pretty big. They'll take up a lot of shelf space. So I don't know if in store will be the best bet to get them if you choose to like them. Uh, but check out soon. Uh, they're, they're coming soon. Yeah. What else we got? Uh, let's see here. Uh, the people at Iron Studios are back with another TMNT statue edition series. Um, if you remember uh, that we may or may not have talked about these before, these are like really high end, like Mirage style 80s cartoon looking, you know, version statues. Um, they did uh, Shredder, Casey, April, and April. Uh-huh. Um, and this time, we get the fat boy himself, Krang, in his android body. And boy, <laughs> he is a he is a fat boy. Yeah. Yes, yes, he is. When I, when I saw this, the first thing I thought was of you. It's like, Jeff's going to love this. Yeah. Even if this doesn't qualify for news, which it does. I was like, Jeff needs to see this. Yeah. Like, I'm more of a fan of the, you know, the, 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 the Toei, like more muscular, you know, that first season looking, you know, Android body. This one is just looks, Android's been eating too much pizza. He's 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 a he's a thick boy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not a fan of that that design and style. Like if you like, even if you look at the original Playmates, like the big figure, he's semi you know muscular. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, you have to remember he's he's got to hold a giant brain in his stomach, so there's there's got to be a, a decent sized cavity down there. Yeah, but also too he has he has movies. <laughs> They gave him breasts. There's they're, no way getting around that. He has man boobs, Sergio. And they're they're droid boobs. They are man droid they're boobs. They're droobs. They're droobs. <laughs> Maybe they shoot off as rockets. I don't know. That begs the question. Like if you're Krang and you're and you're making an android body, what functional use does Andrews, like, what purpose does that serve? I don't understand the design reason for that, but you know what? I think he looks kind of cool. He does look cool and terrifying. You don't want to be sat on uh, by him. Um, but he has interchangeable hands, so you can, like, uh, attach uh, a mace and a, uh, looks like an axe. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Like, he, he looks like a wrestler. I don't know why he looks like a wrestler to me. He does. He does look like an ultimate wrestler. It's like, come get me, Undertaker. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, if you want to see this 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 big old fella, uh, he'll be in the show notes. Just just check it out on realitybreach.com. Uh, <laughs> let, me, let me take the next topic. What, let me see what right. we got. Um, okay, so this is weird news. 
but news that we knew, but we didn't know. So according to Gizmodo, as as we've already announced and what we've learned uh, is that, of course, The Last Ronin is getting a sequel series, which is kind of a prequel series. It's called The Lost Years or Lost Years. We knew that was happening, that we knew that and, and we know how The Last Ronin ended. And spoiler alert, if you skipped over that episode, the end of The Last Ronin had four baby turtles being raised inside of like a container thing. Uh, being raised by the new Casey Jones. This Lost Years apparently is going to kind of jump between the actual Lost Years and the future, which will have the new Turtles. So we're we're going to get apparently, presumably they'll get names and personalities. So what what do you think about that? I mean, you know. Um, I'm, I'm here for it. I want to see where it's going. Um, will they just rename them the same names or will they get new or, you know, it's, it's, these are all legitimate questions. Yeah. Yeah. Will they be the original turtles and, you know, cloned? I just, I have so many questions. Will they all be dudes? Yeah. Like we, we 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 don't really know. Well, uh, I mean, I would assume since it's from their, you know, the four original, you know. Yeah, but it's dude, it's a, it's cloning. Like, <laughs> well, this is true. They can splice and you yeah, know, like alter and whatever. No, it's, it's 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 just. I obviously we knew this was coming. I did not anticipate it being in the uh, the lost years. Yeah, that immediately makes lost years way more interesting to me because i don't really care that much about the story between you know showing more showing more story during the years when the turtles were either dead or not dead or whatever like i don't really want to know any of that unless it ties to something that they're getting to with these new turtles yeah like if they can weave all of that together as one story i and i do trust the writers like this might be amazing yeah yeah, so so I'm I'm way more invested than I was before. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so there's that. There's that. Uh, you want to take the next one? Yeah. Um. So for those of you um that grew up during the Turtle Mania madness, all kinds of merchandise came out. Oh, no. Oh, no. Every everything. Oh, yes. Uh, And, you know, you got clothes, figures, you know, everything. And that also extends to food products. And what is the most popular uh, or one of the most popular uh, food products to come out of the brand? That would be the uh, Ninja Turtles Hostess. Vanilla pudding pies. You didn't see you didn't see that happening, huh? Us us referring again to snack cakes. Yep. Yep. Oh, look at that. That's a call. It's back, a snack yeah. attack. It's a snack attack, folks. Um so someone uh company called Nutty Nostalgia. It's nutty and nostalgic. Nutty and nostalgic. Yeah. Um has created 
nostalgic layers, cowbunga pies, layers of vanilla pudding power. It looks like it's a like a peanut butter jar with just stuff thrown inside. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure that's not what it is. Is well, it? It's well. Oh my god. I didn't even click on the other image. It is. There's like it's like pie crumbles and like pudding and pie crumbles and pudding and pie crumbles. This is this is way grosser than I thought it was. And your uh, your order will be coming in when? I'm not ordering this, Jeff. Come on. I no, this is bootleg food. No. You like bootleg food? I <laughs> like. How is this any different from going to a relative's house during Thanksgiving or Christmas? And it's like, it's a family recipe. I'm like, really? It's like, it's it's got cinnamon and 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 pecans and chicken. What? Like like if I went to a if I went to a family gathering and they tried to pass off, I, I don't know, a sandwich as a Ninja Turtles sandwich, I would be kind of offended. You'd eat it. You'd eat it because it's a sandwich, and I was there hungry. But like, shape I, I would side eye somebody. We're making Ninja Turtle shaped pies and sandwiches. Like, like not only are they trying to pull on the nostalgia of Ninja Turtles, it's like, hey, you remember the turtles? Yeah, cool, Calabunga, right? They're really dipping their toe in like a really niche portion of that fandom who remembers. A hostess thing. What was it? What was it? The hostess pudding pies. Pudding pie from the night. Like that is such a small, weird group of people to to target. And then when you just look at the picture, the picture looks like a science experiment. People like eating science experiments, Sergio. Dude, I don't. I like. Come on. There, there are no bad ingredients in it. I'm not saying that. It's probably perfectly fine, but we don't need to encourage this behavior. This is a small business. Is it? We always need to encourage small business. Yes. Tell tell Nickelodeon that. The uh, <laughs> the the only difference here is it's not fresh from the sewer to you. I'm. I <laughs> that was the commercial. Oh God, I'm I'm really really surprised they name drop the Ninja Turtles in the description. Like that's. That is uh, pretty arrogant that they're not going to get sued. Eh, they won't. Eh, I don't know. I don't know. Like, it, it even looks like they stole the art from the original pies. That's what it looks like. Not really, but kind not really. Like Raphael's right arm. Hey, that could be anybody. <laughs> Look. Oh, pardon me. My mistake. Dude. All right. Let's move on. I can't. I can't with this. No more. There's going to uh, be a live taste testing uh, uh, Skype. I do. Uh, if you buy me some of these, I will eat them. OK. And okay. I will eat them on the show so okay. we can. Yes. Do the live taste test. Uh, our next. This is kind of news, too, I guess. Uh, so previously, when I was talking about Playmates going out of their way to re-release stuff, well, they're still doing that. Guess what? It's happening some more. What's happening some more? So remember last year when the the, the four Turtles uh, figures 
were yet again released at Walmart stores. Yes. And they just sat on pegs, or they didn't really sit. They they did move, like people were buying them, but they kept getting shipped to the stores just over and over and over all year, and there was always stock. Yeah. Well, they're going to be doing the same thing, apparently, uh, at Target stores. Um, according to Instagram follower Toy Shiz, I don't know how <laughs> trustworthy Toy Shiz is, but there's 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 some accurate images here that indicate they're going to be on on target shelves if not already yeah it looks like krang the shredder bebop rocksteady foot soldier and leatherhead and Spl- like it's a bunch actually leather leatherhead splinter and the four turtles with uh the storage shells are all coming to target stores Soon, I, this this looks like the pictures were taken at a Target store. Huh. Uh, there's already barcodes associated with it. There's uh, like the, the this this dude posted a, a receipt with like the proof of purchase showing I bought them at Target. This is real. So if if you want yet another Bebop or yet another Rocksteady, here is your chance. Or another Shredder. Yeah, yeah, like the. The uh, the most interesting thing here are the four turtles with storage shells. Do you remember those as a kid? Yeah, I've got a few of them. Oh, do you have all of the accessories? I think the accessories might be inside, maybe. Wasn't Donatello and Michelangelo were like the angriest looking ones out of them? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> I think. Now, I don't know. I can't now I can't remember if they did a, a you know, a wave one and a wave two of the same, or, you know, it, again, it has been forever since I've looked at, at those figures. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's weird. It's, I, I guess get, get that, get that green playmates. Yeah, no, I was right. Okay. Uh, Mikey, no, they all look super angry. I'm like, well, wouldn't you be angry if somebody opened the back of your shell? That's true. It look they look like they're screaming in pain. Yeah. Uh, oof. Yeah, that Bebop looks rough. The rest of these look. Oh, and the Rocksteady looks rough. If Ooh. they make, if they make a uh, miniature Krang android, I'll get it. Yeah, there's not an android, just just Krang in the Walker here. Yeah, I don't want that. I had that. Oh, so quick, so quick. <laughs> I just dig the android guy. <laughs> Fond memories. Fond memories. Uh, all right. So yeah, there's there's that, and this time it's Target instead of Walmart. So huh. that's an interesting change, and it's also interesting that the four turtles that were sold at Walmart are not being sold at Target. Yeah. Exclusivity, weird, huh? It is very weird. Um, what else do we have? Oh, there's a big one coming from NECA. You want to take it? Yeah. Uh, we're getting uh. Got an update on the upcoming uh, Secret of the Ooze Kino figure. Um, he's still in uh, what looks to be prototype uh, form, but this time he's getting an accessory, Sergio. Is it a pizza box? No. Well, no. Pr- probably. He's probably going to have a pizza box with him. He's going to have it- a pizza box, but he gets his full moped. 
to call that an accessory is really underselling it. Okay, he comes with a vehicle. Yeah. How about that? Uh, or moped or scooter, whatever you want to call it. Um, and this was posted, I believe, on Ernie's official social media. That seems right. Yeah. Yeah, like that. The 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 moped is bigger than he is. Like, is this an ultimate figure? Like, what? How does this work? Is this considered a two pack? Ooh, that should totally be a two pack. Kino and his bike. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's. We're cool. probably you're probably looking at about. I didn't mean to interject. I'm sorry. You're good. Uh, you're probably looking about maybe sixty, seventy, maybe there. Yeah, if like if it's in line with all of the other two packs, sixty, sixty-five, like. Yeah, um, I'm sure they could charge they could charge a premium for this because it's Kino. Yeah, but he looks cool. And the, the the worst thing would be is if they let Ernie like leak this and then they scrap the bike. Oh, hopefully not. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. <laughs> so I guess congratulations, Kino. You get your bike. Indeed. Uh, okay, here's a piece of news that's not really news. It's something that I stumbled upon on Instagram that I had never seen before. Okay. And it's something that you also had never seen before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, apparently, in the 90s, the, the Leonardo costume from the 90s turtles movie had a cameo in a movie called bernard and the genie i never even heard of yeah i i tried to look up bernard and the genie and it you like you can't buy it anywhere like it's definitely a thing 1991 uh rowan atkinson was in it what alan cumming was in it what yeah Bob Geldof was in it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a it's let's see. Wikipedia says it's a 1991 British fantasy comedy drama television film. Yeah, and there is there is a cameo from Leonardo in it. Uh, and the the Instagram user, the old turtle den has like footage from it posted on his uh his Instagram page. And I literally just found it. I'm sure you found it on disc. I'm talking about where real people buy movies. Oh, no. No, no, this is on... Well, we can't talk about this on the, the deal, but no, I just found it on ar- ar- archive.org. And I said yeah, you, 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 you talk about something that's readily available. Like, yeah, if it's on archive.org, a legit website, tell them it's on archive.org. Yeah. Uh, well, upon doing some uh, quick digging... Uh, Someone has uploaded the complete VHS of it on archive.org. Cool. Actually, I I take back my previous statement. Apparently, it's on Freevee. I I don't know what Freevee is, uh, but you can watch it via like Amazon and the Freevee service with ads. So that's probably a better better version than the uh, VHS rip. Kids, don't be going around asking what people you know people what a freebie is uh <laughs> apparently from what i've been told it's about three money 
<laughs> then it wouldn't be freebie, Jeff. <laughs> Three money. Uh, I let's see. Let me see. Let me see. Is that it? No, I've got my secret news that I didn't tell you about. Secret of the news. Secret of the no. Oh, why didn't we name the news segment that? Oh! Oh! A hundred episodes, Jeff. Wait for it. And now it's time for Secret of the News! Oh, that's wonderful, man. Hold that till next time. My secret news is uh, the last loot crates are shipping. I had seen that. Yeah, yeah, I got I got my uh, order confirmations or my, my my tracking confirmations today. It's it's finally it's finally here. It's finally here. Very, very cool. Uh, the last one being the Armagon figure and whatever comes in the box with it. Uh, the, now, while this will make most customers whole, it will not make me whole. Because I'm still missing a uh, a Danny figure from the first wave. I thought you had a Danny. I have one, one of the two that I ordered. My second Danny has not come in. Huh. But if you check the uh, the Loot Crate website, they they have it have listed as box one second wave. So I guess I guess they still plan on shipping it. So I'm not that worried about it. It's it's just somehow even though they've shipped all the boxes they still haven't shipped all the boxes huh uh but oh this 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 <laughs> this ups tracking says i'll have it by december 14th that's next we'll Wednesday. we'll see <laughs> it is december i might get it january 3rd well yeah but that does it for news man yeah i'm sorry that does it for the secret of the news Ooh. <laughs> uh, let's. Uh, are, are you ready for the main topic? I am. Okay. Well, let's let's take a break. Hello, we're back. Uh, it's 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 been a spunky little cast, hasn't it? Indeed, it has. Yeah, yeah. Too bad we have to go over these next uh, bunch of comics. That's going to completely flatten that. Oh no. I take I take it back. It's not it's not that bad. But uh, as as we announced last episode, we read through ten uh, Mirage Volume One guest era issues, um, and to say that there are mixed results is quite the understatement. Uh, some of these books should not have been published. I'm going to agree with you on that wholeheartedly. Yeah. Uh, some of them are fantastic, but if if I were to <laughs> grade these as a whole, uh, five at best out of ten. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're, they're and the thing is, if I guess to add some further explanation, we we've done we've done two other episodes on books of this nature, and basically between return return to New York. And City at War, there was a whole era of books in the, published by Mirage that are technically in Mirage Volume 1 that were done by guest writers and guest artists, uh, basically doing their own take on what a Ninja Turtle story could be. And the, the reason 
the, the reason this era is like that is because this, most of these books were released at the height of Turtle popularity, and Eastman and Laird were handling much bigger things, did not have time to sit down and just write a comic book, right? And even though they had hired a bunch of people to work for Mirage that are artists and or writers, many of them were working on other projects like the uh, the Archie book uh, or or even doing art for uh, like Playmate stuff or, or marketing stuff. So the team was stretched pretty thin. Because of that, they had outside people come in and just kind of wreck shop when it comes to to, to to this to this run. And there, there's just a it's just kind of a black hole of happiness that runs through the center of the volume one era. Uh, luckily, Eastman and Laird kind of got their bearings together and they were able to write all of City at War or not. Yeah, City at War, which, of course, ended up being the last major storyline that they worked on. And it was fantastic. So. Even though these aren't very good, they you know they they do they do pick it back up. Jeff, uh, before we dive into the the the, the issues uh, specifically, what are your thoughts? I've talked a lot, so what are your thoughts? It's kind of a mixed bag. Like there's some fun stuff, there's some not so fun stuff, and then there's some really great stuff. Um, you know, I'm I'm gonna save which ones are my favorite. Uh, you know, till we uh, get to that. Yeah. Um. So, with um, you know, growing up, from time to time, I would go into my local comic shop, um, and just kind of see random issues, um, you know, in the in the the you know the back issue bins and whatnot. I don't recall pulling. Any of these, and I think I don't know. Did, did we cover the one where it had that Rambo guy on the cover? The uh, yes, we did. Okay, that yeah, that like I had pulled that. I'd gotten, I'd picked up that issue. I think back in the day, and you know, I don't remember seeing a whole lot of these. Just kind of weird, odd, and you know, odds and ends. Um, so this is kind of like my first time delving, you know, into this chunk some of it was just a slog but until we get to some other stuff in the night i was like wait what what is happening in this issue i'm like i'm so confused (laughs) yeah yeah it's like some of them just aren't very well written yeah and and like you can see the story they're trying to tell but the like the art and the story on a certain page does not really get the point across and you have to just kind of bridge the gap on your own. It's yeah, it's, it's pretty rough. And, and the Rambo issue that you're talking about, uh, is issue number 34. And it's funny, 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 uh, that you, uh, bring up that issue. Uh, because that issue was written by, uh, rich. I think it's rich. Heaton, Hedden and Tom McQueenie. Okay. Uh, Apparently, the Mirage team was so happy with what they did in that issue, they then gave them a trilogy. Because Heaton and McQueenie did the Spaced Out trilogy, which is the first three we're going to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess without further ado, let's dive in. Uh, 
Okay. Uh, I, I don't plan on spending a huge amount of time on these. Because I don't. <laughs> uh, okay. It's issue 38. Uh, it's spaced out. It only says... doesn't even say part two, part one or anything. It's just spaced out. And as I said, it's by Heaton and, McQu- Heaton and McQueenie. I'm sure that they're famous for some other book. Uh, I... After reading this, I don't really want to check it out, but here's a synopsis of this first bizarre issue. So, two crazed aliens enter Earth's uh, airspace and send the U.S. military into a frenzy. Meanwhile, Raph is up late watching TV when he gets a stomachache, remembering that Splinter had advised the turtle uh, turtle teens to drink warm milk when suffering from acid indigestion. Raphael heads to the fridge only to discover there's no milk. Uh, they're fortunately on the the farm in Northampton, so he heads outside to milk Bessie the cow. Once he's outside, both the turtle and the bovine are abducted by the aliens while are abducted abducted by aliens while everyone else is sleeping comfortably. Inside the spaceship, we find Raff, Raff and Bessie clamped to a specimen table. It seems that the aliens plan to use their atomic interrogator machine to probe their minds probe the minds of the captives. Uh, and process a process that will render their minds into mush. Fortunately, the spacemen are inept, and they end up freeing Raph and the cow when they try to start the apparatus. Uh, Raph leaps into action and subdues the blundering aliens, who tell him a sob story about how they all they wanted to do was conquer Earth to satisfy the pledge demands of their fraternity. Raph joins them in their tears. By now, the armed forces uh, have set out plans to intercept the UFO, and while Raph enjoys a sauna with his newfound camp companions, the jets prepare to attack. In just the nick of time, the space dudes manage to steer the ship clear of the assault and escape, only to run out of gas and begin a swift plummet to the waiting Earth below. Uh, And that's where the issue ends. on On a cliffhanger. Oh no! What's gonna happen? Are they gonna die? I don't know. There, there's a whole rather than just showing, hey, there's a cliffhanger. There's a whole paragraph of writing that is, you know, is kind of written in this this style of, hey guys, do blah 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 blah. It's yeah. it's it's the the issue is supposed to be funny. Right. I say supposed to be because there there are just cl- things written clearly as jokes. It very much reminds me of something out of Mad Magazine. Oh, that is a good pull. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah all all of the the expressions on the character faces are extremely uh, like they're way over overblown. Uh, there's a lot of uh, like cheesy '80s stuff in there that you would never see in a comic or on TV these days. Uh, there's it just hasn't aged well at all. Some dirty jokes. Mm-hmm. And do, do you know? Do you remember the '80s and '90s back when cows were funny? Yeah. Just the existence of cows. Oh yeah. Were funny. Oh yeah. Yeah, like, like Chick Fil A had an entire marketing campaign behind the idea that oh, oh cows are funny. Yeah. This this whole trilogy kind of treads in that space. And eventually, at some point, uh, somebody thought it would be a good idea to. Uh, Make them into anthropomorphic cowboys. We'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
but yeah, yeah, it's it's the, the art style is very cartoony and not in like a traditional like Saturday morning cartoon kind of cartoon like like just as you said, like Mad, it's like a Mad Magazine cartoon. That's that Mi- is the best way to put it. Mixed with um and I think this comes up later in I don't know if it's in this issue or not. Um but um there's there was a cartoon from the 90s. Uh, no, wait, I'm, I'm sorry. I take that back. Uh, in 87 called Mighty Mouse, The New Adventures. Mm-hmm. And it was produced um, uh, by Ralph Bakshi. And so they had um, a bunch of just crazy animators that worked on that. Um, and so it very much reminded me of that. Okay. Like I, I'm not familiar with the reference, but I believe you because this is a very specific style. It's very like pre Ren and Stimpy esque. Yeah. Because yeah. you had yeah. some of the Ren and Stimpy people working on it. You know, and, and, and the, like the synopsis that I read, you know, it, it reads as almost a serious turn of like set of events. No, like th- there's a whole panel in here where the, uh, the, the government people or the military people are basically playing twister in their underwear. Yeah. With, 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 uh, some hot ladies. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's like the other three turtles are all sleeping in the same bed, dreaming about the same hot turtle ladies. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) I know this is one of your nuggets, but I'm going to steal it. Raphael or not Raphael splinter is, uh, is meditating and he's meditating and basically dreaming about Minnie Mouse. Yep. Which that's a decent joke. I'll give that. That's a pretty funny joke. Yeah. Uh, Casey Jones sleeps in his 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 uh mask because otherwise, how are you going to know who he is? Right. Uh, I it I remember reading these 15 years ago and thinking, oh, this this is cute. This is clever. But. Almost forty-year-old Sergio does not have that same attitude towards these books. <laughs> they they just they seem so outdated. Like it's great that they exist. I love that a snapshot of this style of humor and animation or or you know drawing, it, like it it's there and it's going to exist forever. But it's almost embarrassing at times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what nuggets you got or what, what else you got to say? Oh, gosh. It, there's so many nuggets in this. It's insane. I mean, there's like political references. Um, mm-hmm. At one point, uh, I see a poster of Duck Dodgers. Yeah. Which is great. Uh, less than Duck Dodgers. Uh, Godzilla toy. There's probably some stuff that I've missed. It's possible. It's 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 like it's one of the weirdest books we've ever read. It's it's kooky turned up to 11. Yeah, the, the some of the military guys look like there's an old comic strip called Beetle Bailey. Uh huh. And they look like they're from Beetle Bailey. Yeah, there's a there's one there's one shot where Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird are in a like what looks like a snow globe in the background. Yeah. For no reason. 
<laughs> like, there's no explanation. Yeah, they've been captured. It's just, it's wild. Wild, man. And what's what's worse is, like, these books aren't your standard, like, 25-page books. Like, this thing was, what, 38 pages? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, let's move on. Let's, let's, let's get these behind us, because there's some good books to talk about. Spaced Out, Part 2. The spacecraft crash lands on a farm relatively unscathed. The aliens burst out of the ship prepared to take over the world, one one armed with a photon pistol, the other with a video camera. Raf eventually stumbles out of the ship, dazed and confused. Bessie the cow also emerges, and she's quickly romanced by the farm's bull. Of course. Of course. Uh, meanwhile, the military has de- deciphered the exact location of the crash and sends its men to the scene. Raphael grows re- weary of the aliens' lame attempt to conquer the planet and smashes their camera in a fit of rage. The local townsfolk folk, uh, hear of the crash and the alien invasion at a town meeting. Everyone panics, but since they don't have any cars to flee the area, they're forced to mill around town. Why would they not have cars? It doesn't matter. Uh, Raphael decides to hitchhike back to Casey's farm, so naturally he dons a dress and heels in an attempt to entice a local into giving him a ride. Uh, In no time at all, a pickup truck stops and Raph is on his way, but so are the aliens as they decide to stow away in the back of the vehicle. Back at the crash site, the farmer, his wife, and their dog go into the spaceship to investigate. Unfortunately for them, as they're exiting the empty craft, the army arrives and mistakes them for the alien invaders. And thus, the farmer and his kin are taken into captivity. Meanwhile, things are getting heated in the pickup truck. The driver is attempting to smooch Raphael. As Raph struggles uh, with the huge trucker, the two aliens assume control of the truck, sending it careening out of control right into the local downtown where everyone is milling about. So more stuff happens in this one. Yeah. Uh, it's it's this it's got the exact same feel to it, exact same humor. It's even written by the same people. Like it, it's it's more of the same, I guess. Uh, I do like the mistaken identity of the uh, the townsfolk by you know by by the military. Like that that's a that's a fun twist there. I don't like the raft dressing up as a girl thing yeah it's really weird it, it's it, yeah it's, not that there's anything wrong with that uh well it, no, there's nothing wrong with dressing up as a girl but like in in this context if he's you're doing a giant trick someone and it, turtle, it's then yes yeah it, it's it's just it's that age-old looney tunes tr- you know cartoon trope dressed <laughs> up like a woman to throw off you know the you know whoever they're trying to foil yeah yeah, like you can't it's figure like, out why is that chick green? Yeah, like like there's a difference in you know wearing women's clothes and wearing women's clothes because you want to attract a man. You know, like like that's that's a very different story you're telling. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's rough, man. This whole thing is rough. Um, I think it's funny that that this is a story about Raphael. Like the other turtles are barely in this. They just keep dreaming about sexy turtles. Yeah. Um, let's just go straight to nuggets. What you got? Ooh, man, we got some nuggets here. Um, so let's see. Uh, let me zoom in a little bit. I, I don't understand them playing, you know, the, the one of the weirdest things for me is the the 
the secret military base guy, you know, or alien watch guys playing. Now they're playing nude sports. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Uh, we got because Club remember when remember when nudist colonies were cool and funny in the 80s and 90s? Oof. Trying not to, but you know, uh, it's just very trophy. Got... It's 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 like it's like referring to quicksand. You know, it's like okay, that's not how quicksand works. You know, right? Or uh, banana peels. Right, right. Um, clearly we've got there's a scarecrow, obviously a nod to Wizard of Oz. Um, more uh, political, you know, nods, humor, th- a painting of Three Stooges uh, is on one of the walls. <laughs> Probably one of the weirdest things is like Splinter going through the turtle's dreams to steal the turtle, hot turtle woman for himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, at one point, uh, the Roadrunner and the Coyote are seen. I love how there's like a sign that says bad plot ahead. <laughs> bad plot behind guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Captain Kirk and Spock are seen at some point. Uh, and on page 22, there is in fact a, uh, on the screen, it's mighty mouse fighting a cow. So I think this came out around the same time as that cartoon. Yeah, it would have had to. Um, it's a pretty crazy bonkers cartoon. So I think that's pretty much it. There's no, probably some stuff. Definitely that not it. Page no, 27. Oh my. <laughs> one of the, one of the funnier, uh, things that they did. There's one panel where it says, meanwhile, back at Mirage studios. And oh yeah. Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird loudly arguing with each other. One of them having brass knuckles, and it says it was your idea to hire Heaton and McQueenie. No, it was yours. You know, the, the, as if, you know, they're angry at each other because of the quality of this book. Yeah. Which that's a, that's a pretty solid joke. Uh, yeah, I just don't have much, much, you know, positive to say. Um, Rich Heaton, Heaton, I don't ever to say his name. Apparently he has worked on Cracked magazine before, so. Oh, yeah, Cracked. I forgot about Cracked. Yeah. So I guess you, you you were kind of uh, in the same ballpark there. Yeah. Um. Let's move on. Let's let's again. Let's knock these out. Spaced out book three is also number forty. The townsfolk freak out when they see the alien-driven pickup truck approaching them at breakneck speed. Eventually, the spacemen hit the brakes, sending Raph and the driver flying through the windshield and into a nearby comic shop. The aliens then vacate the vehicle and are quickly met by the sheriff. The armed visitor fires a shot at the lawman, uh, but it bounces off his badge and hits the photon pistol, destroying it and dazing the aliens. As they sit in a stupor, the space dudes are set upon are set upon by the locals. Raph and the trucker are inside the comic shop enjoying some mutant books. Uh, Raphael hears the aliens crying for help and debates on whether or not he should bother. After a short inner debate, the turtle heads out to lend a hand. Raph gives a long-winded speech about how the people of Earth should welcome their visitors, and everyone falls asleep. This gives Raph the, Raph the opportunity to grab the space dudes and beat feet. 
while they're running off, they spot the spaceship shape, the spaceship being carried off by a military helicopter. So the unlikely trio jump back into the pickup truck and set off in hot pursuit. The chase leads Raph and his allies to a military, a local military base where the craft and the farmer's clan are being held. The turtle and aliens crash through a wall and demand fuel for their ship and total domination of the Earth. The frightened government officials uh, agree to give them the fuel, but refuse to grant the aliens control of the planet, and the pair quickly erupt into tears, until one of the agents offers them Idaho. Thus, the deal is done. Happy with their conquest of Idaho, and armed with a full tank of gas, the aliens take off in their ship, Raph in tow. The spacemen teleport Raph back to his bedroom, and the turtle uh, gratefully prepares for a long sleep until he he's immediately knocked on... Uh, the head by Splinter's cane as the enraged sensei screams at Raph for, to him, uh, screams at Raph to get his lazy butt out of bed and outside to milk Bessie. Meanwhile, Bessie and the farmer's bull enjoy a romantic sunrise. So, spaced out issue three. At least it comes to a conclusion. This is very true. Um... Okay, the page three. The the book opens with a like a like a quick paragraph, supposedly written by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. And they said, since we created the turtles years ago, they have become synonymous with mindless action and violence. Perhaps it's time to delve into more emotional and intellectual areas, uh, resulting in not only a more satisfying reading experience, but also a better world to live in. So that's a solid joke. I'll give them that. Yeah. Uh, I guess all the stuff that's funny is the the fourth wall breaking stuff. Uh, but this book is extremely chaotic. Uh, there's a lot of making fun of d- dumb rednecks. Uh, and I guess by proxy, all of the, the townsfolk of Northampton. <laughs> I, I, dude, I, I, I don't know what else to say, man. Like, yeah, the, the Idaho joke was pretty good, but. Like the, I don't understand like why Raphael was hanging out with these guys. I don't either. Like they're clearly bad guys, and he just felt bad for them in the first book. I, I feel like this book it would have made a bit more sense if it was Michelangelo. Yeah. And like being a bad influence on him, and he's like, oh hey, I'll just hang out with you guys or something, you know. Yeah, or or him being the more empathetic of the four, like tell the exact same story except with Michelangelo, I, I guess. But really, it could have been any of the four. No, there's nothing about the way they tell the story that makes this story exclusive to Raphael. Yeah. What What do you think of this one? Uh, it's it exists. <laughs> Like like much of the the volume one era, like th- this is not a turtle story. No, it is it is stuff happening to the turtles, which it just shows how little character development was in volume one. Even if it is a guest era book and it doesn't actually mean anything, like you, usually they at least try to include the turtles a little. This one barely has any Ninja Turtles in it. Yeah. You know, Raphael's just along for the ride. 
yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Well, any, any final, uh, f- final thoughts on these three? They exist. <laughs> there you go. You know what? I'm, I'm fine know, with that. It's, it's just such a weird like. There's literally no point to any of it. Um, it's just silly and goofy. If you, you know, want to, you know, lose a couple of brain cells. <laughs> Or all of them give these a read. Um, and they're just... And I thought the last batch of books we wet, read were weird. Like this... Uh. Yeah, man. This is why I haven't been in a hurry to read these. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's jump to issue 41. And there's like a bunch of Easter eggs and stuff in there I'm not going to go over. If you, you know, let you guys just discover for yourselves. <laughs> Find your own nuggets is what you're saying. Find your own nuggets. <laughs> All right. So I'm not going to go over the synopsis of this book because it's a very long book with a lot of intricate stuff. And literally there's, what, five stories in it? Yeah. Uh, this one is entitled Dreams. Uh, it was written by Matt Howarth. Howarth? Howarth. You saying that instantly reminds me of the Iron Giant, like Hogarth? Hogarth? Hogarth. Hogarth? This guy, let's see, he's he's known for his work with the Turtles, of course. Uh, He's best known for those annoying post bros. I I don't know who that is, but let's see. Ron Post is one of the titular characters of the indie comic book, Those Annoying Post Bros. He's actually on the back cover of this Turtles book. So, okay, that's cool. Um, Yeah, so... Basically, this is a story of all of the turtles and Splinter falling asleep and each of them dreaming about something different. Uh, Leonardo dreams about uh, like a little like a a romp through a turtle high school where he meets, you know, turtle peers, which honestly, that story might have some legs to it. It's kind of cool. But all of these are very short, like five, six, seven pages tops. Um. The second one is Raphael. He's fallen asleep while reading comic books, uh, and he's got to fight uh, a couple of bad guys. I believe they're the – let's see. They are the – what are they called? The Post Brothers. So, yeah, these are the Post Brothers from Ron Post's or or from, from, from the annoying Post Brothers comic book. So that's cool. Uh, there's a whole story with him. Then let's see. Michelangelo or Donatello had a story where the turtles were kidnapped by these dudes, and they ended up being turned into action figures and had a cartoon show. By they were kidnapped, and then their likenesses were copied and turned into a cartoon show. Which then, once they escaped or were let, were were freed rendered them useless because when they go out in public, everyone's like, Oh, it's the Ninja Turtles. We love the Ninja Turtles, which means that they got stayed home and got fat. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Um, master splinter, instead of dreaming, he was meditating and he was meditating alongside of uh, like famous, smart people or famous influential people like Albert Einstein. Uh, is that Albert Alfred Hitchcock? Yeah. Like, and his story was very, very short. Uh, and finally, Michelangelo, 
he dreamed that he was a rock star being attacked by what are these what's he being attacked by groupies no no he's being attacked by something oh it looks like a giant cannon toilet thing with arms and legs i don't know what that is does he even say what it is it my first thought was earthworm jim but that's impossible (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what that is it looked like walking garbage cans with arms and legs kind of yeah and a worm or an eraser pencil head or something yeah yeah and and they're being controlled by a man called dr vox and you know he wins you know you know that's just how it Actually, no, what what happened is the uh, Dr. Vox was trying to get rid of rock and roll. Uh, and by the end of the story, he learns that people actually want rock and roll. What what am I doing? How I can't do this because they basically exercised their freedom of choice and made Dr. Vox irrelevant. So, like, none of these stories are bad. No, they're not. Like, all of these are pretty solid. I really like them. Uh since they're all jammed into this one book, it's uh, it's kind of tough to really get the feel for each one of them. Some are really painfully short, but I really dig this book. It's a very interesting, like I, it's a unique art style. Uh-huh. Um, it's definitely better better than what we previously read. There's like some <laughs> some type of cohesion to it. Mm-hmm. Um. I really like Donatello's dream where they're, you know, in a world where they're actual, they're like popular and known. Yeah. Raphael's is probably the weirdest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But of course, the Raphael's was like his was written that way because those characters already existed. Yeah. Yeah, the the post bros are apparently they're already a thing. And if I remember correctly, this one was not reprinted. Like I could be completely wrong and I will double check this, but I'm pretty sure they couldn't reprint this one because of the post bros. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What kind of nuggets you got? As for nuggets, there's not like a whole bunch that I was able to find. Um, Nothing. I mean, I mean, apart from the obvious, you know, Alfred Hitchcock and, you know, was it Genghis Khan, Genghis Khan and. um, (laughs) See, I'm thinking Bill and Ted, I want to say like Ludwig von Beethoven and uh, (laughs) Beach Oven and uh, Socrates and. (laughs) Yeah. And and Socratic method. The world is full of history. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, you know, Albert Einstein, um, there's just not really any nuggets here that no, I'm, and, that's, and you know what? Like, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, I, I double checked and yeah, this book was not reprinted and it's probably because of the, the, the post bros. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well then I guess let's, let's keep it rolling. All right. Uh, Try to get as far away from that first, those first three as possible. Yeah. Issue 42. This one's named Juliet's Revenge. April and Casey have been kidnapped. 
tied up, drugged with truth serum, and are being questions, questioned about their knowledge of the TMNT. Uh, we're then introduced to cryptozoologist Charlie Forte, uh, who has been given a set of photographs that feature the turtles and their unusual cast of friends, <laughs> friends and foes by a man in black who looks exactly like Edgar Allan Poe. Forte is excited uh, as the photos prove the existence of creatures that have been ridiculed, that he's been ridiculed for studying. That is a very short synopsis of what happens in this book. Uh, This one I really liked. I enjoyed this one as well. Um, It is also very unusual. Yeah, and this one is very long as well. It's like 40-something pages, and... It, like it covers everything from this cryptozoologist and you know the the, the hunt for the turtles and them getting they, they fight Bruce Lee and it's, there's just a lot and you find out that the the main bad person bad guy is using the doctor and this Edgar Allan Poe looking guy to find the turtles to get revenge. Because she was the love interest of Savante Romero. Yep, he's uh, he's just like a bad penny. He keeps showing up. Doesn't he? Uh, and her name is Savante. Savante Juliet. And so she's getting revenge on the turtles for banishing him to the... Uh, where is he currently? The Middle Ages? No, he's not in the Middle Ages. He's in, like, prehistoric time. Yeah. Casey and April have to help them escape, and... There's a lot of really good art, especially in in the the, the final pages. Now, the one that did the, the the person did the art for this, they did another book that we read. Yes, they did. And that was like the giant. What was what was the name of that one? Uh, that one was book thirty seven. Um, it was Twilight of the Ring. That you know, I was like, oh, this artist is back. I was like, nice. Yeah, it's like it's the the not only the artist but the like the writers are consistent on both of these writers and artists. It feels like the this book could have been, you know, the events after that issue. That's very possible. Which which I guess would make this a like a splintered off universe of of the original turtles. Uh, it doesn't look like. Let's see, Rich McCollum is one of them. The other one is Bill Anderson. Yeah. And it, I don't see where it, I'm sure Googling Bill Anderson isn't going to tell me much, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. They, they, these are, these are the, those are the two books that I worked on and both of them are very good. Uh, if any, if any like complaints I would throw their way is they're a bit verbose, uh, like chop about 10, you could chop 10 pages out of this book. And I don't think it would be worse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Bill Anderson is a comic book artist best known for Silver Surfer, Aquaman, Superman, Excalibur, Savage Dragon. He's got a whole list here. Ooh, love some Savage Dragon now. Yeah, Soul Searchers and a and Company by Peter David. Oh, okay. Amazing Spider-Man. He worked on some big big titles. So, all right. Well, that he's the artist on that. So, I guess. The Rick McCullum, who is credited as artist and writer. Maybe he is more of the writer guy. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Lost to time, right? Uh, mm-hmm. This book is good. This this one is good. 
it's sufficiently weird. Uh, it 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 does delve into the turtles rather than just being, you know, stuff happening to them. Yeah. Which is good. Uh, Casey and April are good. I don't understand why there needed to be an Edgar Allan Poe looking guy. I don't either. He, like he seems to be the the extra thing here that caused it to go long. But the, it a lot of these books are really good at at like third act re- reveals that say, oh, I'm that character that is, you know, you, you remember that guy you killed? Like this book is really good with that as well. Like the reveal that that is Savante Juliet is solid. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the intricate details on this, on this art is fantastic. I, I guess we completely uh, uh, neglected to mention that Renette is in this issue. She is. And yeah. She's and that, a little different. Yeah. Yeah. She's a bit more regal and she uh, got big old Sasquatch feet too. Yeah, not as <laughs> not as ditzy. She's now the mistress of time. Yeah, which seems see, that seems like a like a a promotion. I'd say so. Yeah. Uh, so so like the number of times that we see Renette are have like they're piling up on each other now. They are. Yeah, because because we'll get to some more, but this is cool. This is cool. So let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, the next one is issue forty three. The uh, Halls of Lost Legends. Uh, this one also has a, a really good third act reveal. Uh, I, I don't know if I like it as much, mm-hmm. but the artist and or the artist on this one is A.C. Farley, who is a very good friend of the you know Turtles creators. So it doesn't surprise me that he does you know a book. The writer is Paul Jenkins. I'm not familiar with Paul Jenkins. It looks like he's worked on a 713 different comic book issues. Holy cow. Yeah. So, yeah, that guy, that guy's a, he's a comic guy. Don't, don't have to really question that. No. Uh, let's see. Halls of Lost Legends. The team and T are practicing their ninja skills blindfolded in the woods. Donatello's having a particularly hard time concentrating, and the lads argue with him over uh, ruining the exercise. Don apologizes, and everyone sets off once again, trying to focus their minds on their other senses. That's the only... That's the synopsis? There's nothing there! That doesn't even hint at what the book's about. Okay. So, Hall of Lost Legends is very much about Donatello and his... His, uh wariness to really try to understand mysticism and and, and instinct and, and just taking in the world around him without science and whatnot. Uh, during this exercise they're doing in the woods, they stumble upon this giant building slash town that when they walk in turns out to be what's called the Halls of Lost Legends. And uh, they meet this little guy. Uh, is he a little guy? He might be a little. Yeah, he's a little guy. Uh, and he basically tells them his name's Locke, and he tells them, "Hey, this is where all of the world's legends live, as long as people still believe in them. And as soon as the last person forgets about them, they turn to stone. And then they see a bunch of statues, and they end up fighting a bunch of legends and whatnot. They 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 come across Kronos, which that was what the god that was the god of some something in Greek mythology. 
Um, can't remember. He was like the god of the world or something. I think it was the god of time. Time? That sounds right. And, and, yeah, there's there's a lot of really awesome fight scenes uh, done by A.C. Farley. Uh, and then the, the big third act reveal here is that Locke, the character, is not Locke. He's actually Loki from uh, Norse mythology. Mm-hmm. The same the same Loki that, you know, we're from we're familiar with. Uh, well. From there, more battles uh, break out. He then uh, recalls all kinds of different legends like a Cerberus, uh, a Fidel, whatever, whatever that is, Grendel from uh, Beowulf uh, and a Manticora, you know, from medieval nightmares like it, it, this, this book really goes deep in referencing like old bad guys <laughs> you know old enemies old like like <clears throat> not even enemies from like pop culture like these are from from like old books old lore that kind of stuff yeah uh, ultimately uh, they're able to defeat loki and donatello is finally able to accept the unknown uh in a way that he never has before uh and he you know they get home and explain what happened to splinter and you know, happily ever after. This book was cool. It very much felt like it could have been inspiration for the Battle Nexus. Maybe. Maybe. Like, look at look at the hall, uh, you know, of champions that they're going through, and then you see, you know, a dude that looks just like the Damio. But yeah, this is a this was a really fun read. It's like all of a sudden just walking around in Northampton, all of a sudden there's a castle in the way. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> because when you're in the Turtles universe, nothing makes sense. And nothing anything makes sense. can happen. Yeah, uh, like my only real issue with this is the Locke character, or quote unquote Locke Loki, is literally telling the Turtles leave yeah you need to leave bad things are going to happen you need to leave and instead of just leaving like they're being told to do they get nosy and they're like no you need to answer our questions you have to tell us what's going on like no he doesn't he doesn't have to tell you anything you're invading his home yeah okay and then Locke turns into loki and suddenly he's like aha i got you i tricked you it's like did you though like he didn't trick them. He was literally telling them to leave, and they defiantly not didn't do it. Like so like a turtle do that doesn't make much sense, at least to me. Yeah. You know, like like had Locke been giving them a different line of you know dialogue, like oh follow me, we'll show you all the wonder of this place, that, like that kind of stuff. Then then sure, I it would have been much more digestible on that end. Uh, after the Loki reveal, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's just the lead up is kind of kind of rough for me. Right. Uh, what else you got? There's, I mean, there's not really much here, you know, Easter egg wise. Yeah. Um, the art is fantastic. Um, sometimes yep. it's a little hard to see what's going on in some of the panels. Um. But not yeah. as bad as the not as bad as the image run. Yeah. Oof. That was the roughest one of all. 
<laughs> it really was. But this was this was a really fun read. I really enjoyed this a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Because all I could think was Battle Nexus. Well, let's let's move on to book number forty four. Uh, the Violent Underground. Raphael is meeting in secret with Lucindra, an inner city female martial arts expert, to spar. Uh, as the two practice their fighting skills on one another in the sewers, the woman asks Raph if he ever has problems with his brothers. And the turtles, uh, and the turtle states always. Uh, Lucindra acknowledges that she also is having trouble with her brother. Uh, the woman gets the best of Raph beating him four out of five bouts when she announces that she has to leave for work. The turtle is upset over her departure and demands a rematch for the, uh, the next day. Raph returns to the lair where he's admonished by Leo for missing the team workout. The Terrapin teen is distraught over losing his matches with Lucindra. Uh, to make matters worse, she told Raph that he fights like a turtle. <laughs> and it really is getting under his skin. Raph won't tell his brothers the details of what... Uh, he's been doing only that he lost a fight with a girl. Meanwhile, Lucindra walks home through a rough, uh, through the rough neighborhoods of New York city, uh, where she meets up with a man who warns her that her brother needs to pay his debt fast. Uh, Lucindra tells him to drop dead. When she gets into her apartment, uh, she finds her brother on the couch asking to borrow money. Uh, she tells her brother she's through solving his problems, uh, and it's time that he did it himself. The next morning, Raph and uh, Lucindra meet in the sewers again to spar one uh, once more. The duo head deeper into the bowels of the city, where they're attacked by a horde of the foot. Uh, a fierce battle breaks out, and Raph is taken down with a barrage of shurikens. Lucindra manages to fight off the remaining foot soldiers and carries Raph off uh, in an escape effort. The female martial artist uh, Lucindra is also also suffering from wounds uh, and she backs into a corner preparing to fight to the, uh, preparing for a fight to the finish with another group of ninjas that are approaching. However, she's quickly knocked unconscious. Fortunately for Raph and Lucindra, the, nin uh, the ninjas are none other than Leo, Mike and Don who have come in uh, searching for their brother. Leo notes that the shurikens used uh, on the pair have been poisoned. Uh, they return their fallen brother and his comrade to the lair where Splinter heals them with special tea because that's his superpower. Uh, Raph asks Lucindra to train with a TMNT, but she respectfully declines the offer, stating that she doesn't want to become a ninja and be a fighter for the rest of her life. She says that she has too much life to live and that she must take care of her brother. She then departs, leaving Raph uh, with a necklace for a memento. Goodbye, Lucindra, Raph says under his breath as she walks away until next time. That, sir, was a synopsis. Yeah. And it really gets to the point. It tells exactly what happened. I like Lucindra's character. Yeah. I don't like that they don't really finish her story. Yeah, I don't like that either. Yeah, I, I don't know if they're just suggesting that she'll be back and we'll finish it then. Uh... I don't know, but yeah, they don't really finish her part. Um, they do kind of close the, you know, close the book on her and Raph. They close the book on her and Raph's stuff, but like, it's a good story. It just feels unfinished. Yeah. Like um, it felt like it, it definitely could have, have gone somewhere. Um, but it's like, why is he, you know, hanging out with, you know, just random martial arts girl. 
how did how did she find out? Like I have all these other questions that I'll <laughs> never have answers to, and now neither will none of you. I'm sorry, but it's true. Yeah. Hmm. The notes here on the Turtlepedia indicate that when it was reprinted, uh, and or and colored, she was given a lighter skin tone, which that's that's a bummer. She wasn't Latino to begin with. Uh, this like the original book on the cover has her as a very dark, like could be African American dark. Okay. Um, but the reprint had her as a white lady. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. That makes about as much sense as making uh, Renette's outfit brown. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Huh. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, but apparently this was not her first uh, her first appearance. Really? Yeah. She was in a story in Turtle Soup Volume 2, Number 1, uh, named The Name is Lucindra. Oh. Which we haven't read yet. We haven't really dove into the Turtle Soup books. That's a completely different adventure. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's cool. That's cool. It's, it's a cool book. As I said, seems unfinished, and that's a bummer. What else you got? For number 40, is it four? Yeah, 44. There's not really much. All right. Hey, they don't always have to have nuggets, Jeff. Uh, you know, I, like, I like the nuggets. Uh, I, I do I do really like the uh, the panel of ter- of uh, Raphael getting hit by those shurikens. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like that is a solid, solid panel. Um, you got some strong panels. I... I didn't like the art on Lucinda, Lucindra as much. Like she kind of changed in certain panels and stuff. Yeah. Um, it just, I guess it just depends on what panel or what page she's on. Um, just kind of like a weird look in some of these, but, um, overall it's pretty good. You know, it's pretty good art. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, it's, it's a solid issue. It, it's not something that, you know, I, I think it would have been a fun one to see adapted into a television show. Yeah. It's, I I guess it's kind of a bummer that they, you know, they didn't, but you know, whatever you like fight like a turtle is a funny thing to explore. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, let's talk about issue 45, uh, also entitled leatherhead Two. leatherhead Two. like T O O not, Two, the number, T-O-O. The Turtles meet Leatherhead again, who's trying to get back to the Utrams via Transmat. Uh, the TMNT have returned to New York to investigate reports of a resurgence in street crime allegedly being per- uh, perpetrated by gangs of ninjas. Uh, the issue opens with the Turtles defeating a group of foot ninja who have ambushed them. Four of the foot flee. In- four of the foot flee. That's a fun We'll turn a phrase uh, into the sewers and seek refuge in the lair that the TMNT had abandoned when they moved to Northampton, Massachusetts. The Clansters enter the Turtles old sanctuary only to meet be met by Leatherhead uh, from Tales of the TMNT 6, which we already knew had taken over that space. The gigantic gator quickly dispatches three of the four, uh, but the last of the foot talks Leatherhead into accepting them as allies. As it turns out, uh, Leatherhead has been trying to build a transmat for the past few years in order to teleport himself to the Utram's homeworld, where he feels that he can live in peace because he was living in peace with them before. Unfortunately, 
uh, for the mammoth mutant. He his size prevents him from being able to do so, uh, do the fine work needed to build the device. He needs the help from the small hands of the ninjas to finish the device. Uh, the ninjas think that Leatherhead is insane, but fearing for their lives and desire uh, <laughs> desire a powerful leader to take Shredder's place, they do their best to help him. Uh, the work progresses quickly, and Leatherhead leaves to fetch some equipment that he's uh, secreted away. While the gator's gone, the turtles uh, return to, the, to their old lair and find the foot soldiers working on the transmat. Uh, just before a battle ensues, Leatherhead returns and defuses the situation. He explains his plans to the green team, and they agree to help finish the device. Uh, thus, the odd team comprised of the foot, Leatherhead, and the turtles work together to make a transmat. As it's being finished, uh, the foot soldiers decide, you know what, we don't need to finish this, because if he's actually telling the truth, he'll be gone and we won't have our leader. So they sabotage the device by removing a crucial piece of equipment when they finally flip the switch and turn it on. It explodes, and that enrages Leatherhead, uh, assuming that all the parties involved betrayed him. He attacks them. He attacks them all. Uh, let's see. As he smashes the place up, Leatherhead suddenly decides that killing his adversaries, adversaries would be too easy. Mark my words, you fiends, enrages the gator. Uh, I will have my revenge. You will pay for my suffering tenfold. I will find a way. Uh, with this curse, Leatherhead flees the lair. Don tries to stop him, but Le uh, Leonardo insists that Leather Leatherhead needs time to be alone. Uh, later, the turtles muse about Leatherhead's fate. This humongous city full of millions of different people and we're forced into isolation don begins uh we're up here all alone raf finishes yeah mike adds but at least we have each other yeah we do concludes leonardo something that leatherhead does not have so uh as always the leatherhead story is sad it is sad every time uh i have some pretty big issues with this book i think it's pretty good I like the art. Uh, the art is done by. Oh, no. Who was it? I don't think it. No, I don't even. It's not in the book, which is weird. Usually it's in the book, uh, but it's done. It's a story by Dan Berger and art by Dan Berger. Uh, the inks by Ryan Brown. Uh, but Dan Berger was a was a Mirage employee for a very long time. Uh, and I believe he even ran the website for a long for, for a while. That's probably right yeah uh but yeah yeah he was the managing editor of mirage publishing and main and maintained the mirage group website so yeah yeah that's he he was he was an employee for a long time and he signed a lot of stuff he drew a lot of turtle heads uh, i think i even have one because i like the way he draws those turtles um there there the, the beginning of the book is notable in that the first couple pages look like recreations of the original book number one, except drawn by Dan Berger, which is an interesting thing because otherwise the story doesn't really have much of a doesn't mirror that issue at all. Uh, what are your thoughts? This was an interesting read. Um of course, it's always great to see Leatherhead. Um, I re I did really dig the art. Um, Raphael looked particularly 
like evil. <laughs> yeah. In a lot of frames. Um, you know, the, the, the weird ninja guys look like rejects from Mortal Kombat. Um, which did not exist at the time. <laughs> that's that's really good. That's really good. But didn't they kind of do this story a little bit on 2K3 minus the ninja guys? They did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this this one was uh, adapted uh, for TV, at least in, you know, in, in its most basic sense. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's actually part of the trivia here. I don't see where it, no, it doesn't say here what, what episode it is, but I'm pretty sure, pretty sure it was, uh, it was adapted for the TV show. Yeah, like, my issue with this is how dumb Leatherhead is. Like, Leatherhead is, like, typically a genius-level character, right? Yeah. But in in this story, they're suggesting that, socially speaking, he is incapable of like figuring out the nuance of people's intentions. Yeah. You know, and, and you couple that with the four ninjas who are brain dead enough to, to, to basically just be looking for the next shredder in the sewers because, because they're, they're looking for a new leader and, Oh man, this, this, this giant crocodile or this giant alligator has got to be our next, our next leader. And, that's like some some bebop and rocksteady level intellect. Well, I mean that's your typical goon mentality too. I it's still you know still. always looking for that. Hey, we need to we need to find a boss. You know it's always it's always I, the way. It's I guess that's the the goon mentality in like pop culture, but like in real life the goon mentality is I can do this better than you, boss. I don't know, dude. And as soon as the boss is dead, they, yeah, one of them is like, I could do it. Follow me. I don't know. I, 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 I think it's still, it was art imitates life. So there's, you know, probably some, uh, truth to some of that. I don't know, man. Oh, there has to be. (laughs) And, and Leatherhead just turning on everyone when, when the thing explodes, that, that bugs me. There's just a lot about it that bugs me. Overall, I enjoy the intent of Leatherhead building a transmat to get basically home to his people. Yeah. Even though he doesn't have people, he has Utrams. Well, it's, it's just it's kind of sloppy. Well, it's a little it, sloppy. Uh, yeah. I, I don't. Do you have any nuggets? I think that's it for what I've got. Other than broke looking scorpion, no. <laughs> Dime store scorpion. Yeah, that, that, that was a good that was a good pull. That's a good pull. I like that. Uh, let's move on to arguably the best two issues in in this bunch. Yeah, masks, uh, parts one and two, uh, or issues forty six and forty seven. No relation to Jim Carrey's The Mask That's or The correct. Mask comic or Mobile Armored Strike Command <laughs> or Rocky Dennis's The Mask. Oh wow! Just a just a just a bottomless like reference machine, aren't you? Aren't wait, you there? Not, wait, was that right? Is that Rocky Dennis the mask? Yeah, yeah. Here we go. This issue begins in Japan, circa 1373. We see a lone figure traversing the plains, a huge samurai. Uh, the imposing warrior enters a village and is quickly granted permission to see the Lord within. 
We soon see that the samurai is a monstrous lizard man named Chote. That seems right. Uh, He's greeted coldly by his master, an equally large fellow, decked out in samurai armor and a horned mask. The lord demands to know why the lizard is so tardy. Chote explains that he was beset by Oraga's men and uh, held up. The reptilian warrior also tells his master that Oraga has many allies, but his mind is in constant turmoil. The samurai lord laughs with his news, with this news, uh, congratulating himself for his successful magic. Uh, The master muses uh, while his magic is weak, his he will use every last bit of it to wrest the secrets from Moraga's mind. So all of that, that's, that's just a fraction of the tale here. Uh, the turtles are met by their old friend, Hattori from issue nine. If you remember that one. And if you remember Hattori, he can, he has all of the, how do, how do, how do they word this? Uh, let's see. I'm leaving that up to you. <laughs> oh, don't. Okay. So much fun. <laughs> Stay tuned as Sergio mispronounces a lot of things. It's right. That's the, the, name, the name of our show. Uh, he basically contains all of the, the spirits and knowledge of the samurais of his past. Of, of his ancestors filled with the knowledge of my ghost, ghosty ancestors. Ghosty. Uh, but ghost, ghosty, <laughs> ghostly, ghosty, 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 Yeah, whatever he, and basically the, the memories of those spirits and ancestors are getting jumbled because something is changing them in the past. The turtles figure this out and suddenly boom, Renette shows up a wonderfully drawn Michael Dooney, Renette. Uh, she basically tells the turtles, Hey, we got to go on another adventure. And, <laughs> and they land right in the middle of a samurai battle uh, with that lizard man. Uh, and it, Finishes on a pretty good cliffhanger, uh, where the uh, the lizard man, what was what was the lizard man's name? Chote. Yeah, he he goes back to his master and he's like, uh, it was a lady was there, a lady with a scepter, and he's like, what? Uh, and it's to be continued. So, yeah, this is some classic Ninja Turtle stuff right here, man. Yeah, yeah, like there's so many stories where the turtles. like team up with Renette and have to go back in time. And typically they're fighting some Savante Romero, but every time they go back in time, it's Renette and it's a cool adventure. And this one, this one just feels special in a way that a lot of the other ones don't. Yes. Written really well. It ties in the character of, of Hattori, Hattori. Yeah. Hattori. And it makes sense that, you know, if you have a character who has all of the past in his brain and the past is being changed. He's going to be confused. So like th- this one is structured really well. It's concise. It's this book is not crazy long like the ones before it. The, this was a breath of fresh air after reading a lot of the previous stuff. Indeed. What do you think? This is my favorite. 
It's your favorite. Like these, these two books are my favorite out of out of all of these. Yeah, yeah. That we've read. Um, Michael Dooney is my favorite Mirage Turtles artist. I've yep. met him a few times at cons. I've gotten prints and autographs and all kinds of stuff. Uh, this book is fantastic. It, it it makes me just want to talk about the next one. Yeah. Uh, the the I have a nugget. I have a nugget. Okay. Uh, in this book, there's a uh turtle. No, I'm sorry, Terminator reference. Oh yeah. <laughs> Renette s- 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 says that she cleaned up the Sarah Connor mess in L.A. Yeah. Uh, which is is cool. I, I I picked that one up as I was reading. I was like, ha, I get that reference. Oh yeah, yeah, very cool. It is very very cool. Uh, I, let's go ahead and jump to the next one so we can get this so wrap this story up so we can talk about the whole thing because oh, it wraps up really no, nice in in masks part two. After defeating Chote in battle, the turtles notice that Renette has disappeared. Mito. Uh, captain of the Gosi, Gosei, Gosei, <laughs> Samurai, tell the t- TMNT that he and his men have no time to waste helping the turtles locate the women, uh, the woman as they must return to their master, Oraga, who has been uh, mentally attacked by the, his sorcerer adversary. Uh, the warrior is quite rude to the turtles, the turtle dudes, uh, which, of course, enrages Raphael and a fight nearly erupts. Leo manages to cool everyone down on the team and team go uh, with Mito, hoping that Renette knows what she's doing. Uh, that then leads to them spending a, like a week and a half, like two weeks, just hanging out uh, in the samurai village. Uh, yeah. Raphael ends up training a couple guys, uh, it, it, which the other turtles refer to as Master Raphael. What's up with that? He's, he's Sensei Raphael. Uh, and th- these two dudes are, you know, learning the ways of the ninja, uh, which is very different from the, you know, the culture that they dropped into, which is the culture of samurai, which is very different. Uh, ultimately, what happens is uh, the turtles never get the go ahead to go look for Renette uh, or, you know, their their adversary. Raphael just figures it out and leaves with those two dudes. Uh, mm-hmm. He leaves uh basically directions in sand and in, you know, in dirt telling Leo and the, you know, the other turtles where to find him knowing that they're going to wake up at night and find their weapons in, in Raphael's bunk. Raph and his, his two, his two students uh, find their way to where Renette is. And uh, the other turtles end up meeting them as they uh, see a fight happening. And it's revealed that, the 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 mystic man that that has uh, been torturing the the oh, the, the pff, what is it who is it oh, that has been torturing mentally torturing Master Oraga is of course Savante Romero of course because every time you have a Renette story you have to have Savante Romero right mm-hmm uh. The only like there's only like six pages of Savante Romero in this book, yeah. which on one hand is kind of a bummer, you know, because he is you know, a reoccurring, really cool character. Uh, there is a lot of action, though, like we still see a lot of action because the turtles do fight Chote in some caves. There's this Savante Romero reveal, which leads to a, uh, a Renette reveal 
that she and the scepter have worked on their relationship and now they're basically one in the same and she has been tricking them all along she banishes she banishes Savante Ramiro again to an ancient land uh apparently he just lived for millions of years to get to this land and i guess he'll do that again it's just an ongoing uh push and pull with them uh, but Renette is really the hero of this story and she then brings the turtles back to present day uh the there there's an aside afterwards where not only does Renette send Savanti Ramiro to the dinosaur lands again he sends Chote to the, the basically what is this the the omicron seti star cluster uh, mm. and if you look closely you can see gizmo's sidekick i can't remember gizmo's sidekick but we'll get to that in a moment uh most importantly the actions of the turtles in 1373 specifically Raphael being the sensei of these two dudes creates the freaking foot clan yeah how dope is that? That's very dope. Like it's such a such a good two issues, man. It, it's it it hits on all levels. It hits on the sci-fi level. The, the it hits on the the time travel level. The the the, the tur- they actually develop the turtles' characters a little bit while also servicing the the, the story. Uh, do you know who Gizmo is? No. Other not the Gizmo from you know the gizmo you know um gizmo was, uh, yeah was a uh michael dooney written and drawn comic pr- uh, published by mirage starring a robot dude who wears a backwards baseball cap oh wow yeah it's like it's a really well written comic it's fun i've got all the issues and the collection like you should probably read them they're cool uh but gizmo had this sidekick dog and that sidekick dog is right in the middle of this panel, so that's where he sent Chote to to Gizmo time. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of this, Jeff? Man, like, did they they? Okay, so it felt like we got a little bit of inspiration from this these two books for the third Turtles movie. Yep. Um, and. I'm trying to think, like, how many Cervante Romero episodes of the show did we get? Mm, I don't know. Not as many of the, not as many as we have books of him. Because with the three issues in this run that reference him, we could have easily have gotten a really cool, you know, like trilogy mm-hmm. uh, arc, and they could have really, you know stretch that stuff out yeah um, there were three episodes time travails return of savanti and return of savanti part two uh so i guess there's your trilogy but i don't think this story was touched upon yeah yeah i think it would have been nice to have seen her character evolve and grow mm-hmm. what's what i find interesting about just if you look at volume one as a whole and look at specifically these books these 10 books are sequential in order there's nothing in between them this is 
you know, like 42 through whatever, um, or 30 something through whatever. They start out ridiculous. Yeah. But progressively, <clears throat> these books get closer and closer and closer to what can be what can be considered canon. Yeah. Like, there's no reason these two books can't be canon. There's That's true. really no reason the books before it can't be canon. Like the the Leatherhead book, many would consider it actually canon because it was produced in house. It just wasn't written by Eastman and Laird. Yeah. Uh, the 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 let's see the one with Lucindra. There's mm-hmm. nothing stopping that from being canon. There's nothing stopping the Hall of Lost Legends from being canon. Ex- there's nothing uh, stopping um, the one before that, the uh, the 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 Juliet one. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing inherent about these stories that make them not canon because most turtle stories have nothing to do with the Ninja Turtles. Right. It's just stuff happening to them. So it, it's it's fun. It's it's funny how. These books are, you know, split up like here are the stuff that's, you know, volume one here. It's the guest era volume one stuff. And the stuff that, you know, we're going to consider canon is just stuff that Eastman and Laird worked on themselves. They either wrote it or they drew it or they did both. And that's a smart way to separate stuff. But it would be very fun to just go through volume one and just kind of with an exacto knife and carve out the ones that we know are not part of the great the greater story yeah and just look at it almost package it together as this is what is canon based on logic right and i i love that these books almost feel like as they're released eastman and laird have more say it's like okay Mm -hmm. well when we hit issue 48 we're going to be writing these things again so let's try to get this thing back on the train tracks yeah because each book gets progressively closer to what feels like a turtle story uh, with it peaking uh, with masks and masks part two. Yeah, those are definitely my favorite reads out of all of these. Just his Dooney's art is just masterful. It really is. It really is so beautiful. We, we did not get enough of his art in 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 any of the turtles runs. We just no. didn't. So with that. We have officially covered all 62 issues of Volume 1. Wow. Yep. We had some good times. We had some bad times. But we had all of the times, Jeff. All of the times. All of the times. We've also covered all of Volume 2. What that means is the next time we touch anything close to this version of the Turtles, it's going to be Volume 3. We're going to finally read through and talk about all of the image run. Oh, wow. Like, we've dipped our toes in that because we did an interview. I uh, did that interview, what, last year? Yeah. But this time, this time we're going to read it. Uh, we're also, but we're also going to cover all of the stuff leading up to it. So, like, we're going to do body count. We're going to do the, the, the Savage Dragon co- crossovers. Like, basically all of the, like, the breadcrumbs that led to the, 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 the Turtles series with Image. Uh, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, because there's there's about three or four episodes of Shellheads that cover all of that. So nice. Would, well, Jeff, uh, do you have anything, any final words before we we close this thing out? Man, 
like I'm I'm kind of bummed. We like we do we have more weird freaking books to read? Uh, absolutely. We, like we okay. have Turtle Soup. We have uh we have Gobbledygook. There's all kinds of of weird turtle stuff to read still. Good. I like the weird stuff. Yeah. And you're right. Like th- there's a there's a charm to that weird like wild wild west version of the ninja turtles kevin eastman and peter laird were like yeah go ahead yeah go ahead you know they 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 cared for their brand and their their you know their characters but they were very laissez-faire with letting people use them yeah in, in a way that nickelodeon will never be right uh well well that with that said uh this episode of Shellheads has come to an end. Jeff, what are you going to be doing between now and the next episode? Well, I'll be uh, running the Warp Zone Arcade, as I am uh, every week, Sergio, uh, where we host uh, weekly Super Smash Brothers tournaments with uh, the MS Smash group. Um, going to have a big, huge Smash Invitational in January. Uh, so, like, people from all over are going to be able to come and compete. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, it's going to be like an all-day thing. Um, that's cool. And yeah, I'm pretty pumped and excited for that. Um, and then we do, uh, you know, uh, tons of other stuff. I do retro game repair, um, and restoration and we have retro and modern games to play. Uh, lots of new games have been added to our library. So, uh, everybody come out and game with us. If you're in the area, you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Look for the warp zone, uh, arcade controller, you know, the circle controller white logo. And uh, where can we find you in between now and then, Sergio? Ah, nowhere, nowhere. I'm, Is Reality been, Breach dead? It's it's on the shelf right now. We're 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 as I said, we're working on a on a not football podcast. Uh, and we're, we're going to do a bunch of fun stuff in the new year. None of it's going to be straight up a reality breach there'll be some reality breach print present stuff which i that's what i'm kind of passionate about right now so okay yeah because uh, i kind of miss i kind of miss you know the nerd stuff yeah well the thing about nerd stuff is there's already plenty of that on the internet yeah but not with sergio <laughs> not you wrong. flatter me <laughs> not wrong not wrong. I was like, I'm a fan of those hot takes, and there's a ton of them, folks. That's that's true. That's true. I, I get I get passionate about arguments. Uh, no, actually, what I was going to say is next time on Shellheads, uh, we're doing Christmas. Yeah, we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done Christmas specials in the past, and they all have been uncharacteristically un-Christmas. This Christmas, we're doing Christmas. It's all Christmas. All Christmas, front to back, top to bottom. So tune in next time. I'm Sergio. I'm Jeff. And we're Shellheads.
Don't miss an episode of the Shellheads podcast. Visit realitybreach.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Thank you.